Uh, I don't know where Boaz is at, but I owe him an amends. I said, shut up. And he let me know that's a bad word. So Boaz, I'm sorry. Apologize. Perfect. Perfect. Oh, goodness. Thank you, Ezra. Now you can go to the landing. You stayed for a few minutes to help me with that. Um, I don't know why we let him do announcements, but that is awesome. Um, he does it. No, he does do a great job. I enjoy it. Um, I have a lot of fun when he's doing announcements. Uh, I got a gift last week uh, for my Mission India trip. And I opened this bag up, and there's a roll of toilet paper in there. <laughs> and I loved it. I loved it. Because I am freaked out about that whole situation over there. It's super crazy. But. Um, I'm glad that you guys are here. Good evening. I'm Scott. I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ, and I'm in recovery for sex addiction and compulsive overeating. Um, I am unlocking my, I, my iPad real quick. I'm just going to do this. This is going to be easier that way. That's going to get in my way and annoy me. Um, tonight, I know we're entering Thanksgiving. I know there's a lot to be thankful for. I know gratitude lists are huge. All that kind of stuff. However, tonight we're not going to talk about that. We're moving into a topic of forgiveness because that's where we're at in the steps. I know it should be amends, but I truly believe that in order for us to have proper amends and to go through that amends process without resentment on the other side of it, really forgiveness has to take place first. At least I found that true in my life. And that was huge for me. And so tonight we're going to be talking about forgiveness. And what does that mean? Because we've got Thanksgiving on Thursday. That means there's a chance you're going to be around somebody that you don't typically like. And you got to play nice for a few hours. And resentments and hurts and pains can come up. Or you're no longer allowed to go to those places anymore because you're no longer welcome because of past behaviors. So there's guilt, there's shame, there's hurt. There's all kinds of stuff that comes up this time of year. And it'll go on all the way through New Year's Eve onto New Year's Day because we are now in the holidays and how do we survive the holidays as an addict, as a codependent, as someone like that? And that's what we get a chance to talk about tonight. And so tonight, I just want to read something to you, but I want you to know this, is that you can block, stall, or even destroy your recovery if you are unable to forgive in these areas that we're going to talk about tonight. But I want to read a quote from uh, Katrina Steiner, and it says this, it says, a bond is created between the harmed and the offender when we get hurt. As long as the link exists, we experience the event over and over again. Fear and stress take over our uh, existence. We have less room for love and good feelings. At some point, we start talking bad about the offender, thinking about revenge, sometimes taking revenge. We become aggressors ourselves. The sin of others makes us sinful. Only forgiveness can free us from the vicious circle. 
Forgiveness is a protection against temptation and sin. Of course, there is also the requirement by God to forgive. I read that and I found it awesome. And I was like, that is powerful. If we are now about to ask for forgiveness, we're about to go before God and we're to ask him to forgive us of all our inventory, everything we've written down, should we not also forgive others of the hurt and pain that they've caused us? I would say yes. There's another thing is the reality is forgiveness breaks the cycle. So many of us are caught and we're struggling because in life, This is you, as a little kid, hanging out, doing life, you're chilling, you're enjoying it, it's fun, you're playing with your cars, or like me, G.I. Joes, love my G.I. Joes, they were my fave, but then something happens, abuse, a fight, parents get divorced, and all of a sudden, Our purity and what we are and who we are starts to get tainted. We get married, we look at porn, we have affairs, somebody has an affair on us, we just keep having sin and sin and sin poured out into us. Christine, will you go get me a paper towel? Thank you. But this is us. And we're walking through life, and we just right now went through the fourth step. We took a look at every hurt, every pain, everything that has happened to us, and we have taken a look at all the hurt and pain that we've caused other people. So we've inventoried us. And we go, that is gnarly. Anybody want to drink it? I would not suggest it. Nobody would. But sometimes we go, why can't I be loved? Because we feel like this. Well, another quote from Katrina Steiner says this, when we get hurt, we form a bond with the offender and the offense. Forgiveness is the process of cutting the link created by the harm, thus setting us free. So many times we are acting and we want to have forgiveness in our life, but it is like a tug of war Thank you. See, that's a good codependent. They bring nine. (laughs) That was awesome. Well done. Well done. I just don't want to stain the table there. Here we go. Um, But so many times we're in this tug of war. This hurt, this pain, this abuse, this sin, whatever it is, we've grabbed a hold of this rope and we're pulling and we're pulling and we're pulling and we're trying to get victory. We're trying to break free from it, but we won't let go of the rope. It starts slipping through our hands and it ends up hurting us. It starts giving us rug burn. Rope burn, actually, not rug burn. Rope burn. We hold on to it and we just keep going and we keep yanking. And here's what God has to say simply is this. Let go. You ever been in a tug of war with people and you're fighting and you're fighting for it and then all of a sudden one team lets go and the other team, what happens? They all fall. It loses, all the power's gone and the rope falls on the ground. We have to let go and let God. 
And I know from the past guys that uh, I've sponsored in my own life, it's hard to go, what does that mean? Let go and let God. Right. <laughs> yeah, right. But tonight I want to talk to you about this. The process to forgive is about cleaning out that wound, letting that wound heal, and then starting to deal with the scar tissue that's there. And getting it removed. I mean, the first thing that we have to look at is this, is have you accepted God's forgiveness? Have you accepted his forgiveness truly in your life? Uh, there was an article that was uh, written in 1882 and, uh, by the Gay Science, and it was section 125 in this book, it's, or uh, article, it said this. It said, God is dead, God remains dead, and we have killed him. The reality is the world says God's dead, he's not alive. How can you be so naive to believe that there is a God out there that can reach into your life and one, save you, but two, free you from your bondage, you're just loony. That's what the world says about us. Maybe you've said that. But here's what Jesus says. This is what the word of God says in Mark 16, verse six. And he said to him, do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth this is an angel speaking, who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place that he was laid. They came to see Jesus who had been crucified, laid in a tomb, set a stone in front of it, and when the ladies get there to anoint his body, the stone had been moved, and there's an angel sitting on it, Going, dude, you guys are too late. You can go in and look where they laid him, where you laid him. He's no longer there, for he is risen. He is alive. There's the movies that go that are out there. God's not dead. He's surely alive. And the truth is what we find in Scripture. Have I accepted God's forgiveness in my life? I mean, have I truly accepted his work on the cross, and I know the cross is elevated a little bit because we had baptisms the other day, I baptized one of our sisters over there, and, uh, but it's raised up right now. I mean, do we truly believe that we have forgiven and we accept God's forgiveness in the work that he's done on that cross? I mean, Jesus is hanging on the cross, and this is what he says, it is finished, there's nothing more that you can do. You no longer have to pay penance for your sin. All the work you ever had to do to be forgiven had been completed by Jesus Christ when he got up on that cross and he died for our sins. And then three days later rose again. There's nothing else you have to do. You don't have to be in the doghouse anymore. God has forgiven you. It is finished. Romans chapter three, verse 22 and 23 says this. The righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. 
For there is no distinction, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Everyone sins and falls short of the glory of God, and yet we are all forgiven. How can God ever forgive my hypocrisy? If you've ever heard my testimony, I was looking at pornography in my church office, and then I would walk out into where I would teach the youth group, and I would talk to students about Jesus Christ. The hypocrisy in my life. How could God ever forgive me of that? I mean, Peter had denied Jesus three times after being predicted and saying, God, I will never do that. And Peter denied Jesus three times. Jesus dies on the cross. Peter's embarrassed and runs and hides. And where do we find him? Pretty soon we see him sitting on a beach with a campfire and Jesus is eating a meal with him. Him and Peter go for a walk and he says, Peter, do you love me? Feed my sheep. Peter, do you love me? Feed my sheep. Peter, do you love me? Take care of my sheep. There is forgiveness for Peter. There is forgiveness for you. The question is, will you receive that? Will you accept that? Who has the power to forgive? I mean, can you forgive me of all my sins? Is there anybody in this room, if I was to say, will you forgive me of all my sins in my whole life that I ever committed? Is there anybody in this room that could do that? The answer, I'll give it to you, no. That's the cheat sheet, no. Well, there's a story in scripture where Jesus is inside this house and it's packed. It's a packed house, standing room only. Matter of fact, there's people standing outside. Nobody can get in, nobody can get out. All of a sudden, there's this stuff is falling down from the roof. It gets pulled back. All of a sudden, this dude gets lowered down. Right? Gets lowered down, and Jesus is like, what is happening? But he knew. And this guy, paralyzed, is laying in front of him, and he says what? You would think he would say, hey, get up and walk. He says, your sins are forgiven. And the Pharisees are like, excuse me? And he says, no, no, no. Basically, I have the power and authority to forgive him all his sins, but to show you that I have that power and authority, why don't you get up, take your mat, and walk? And your sins are forgiven. And the guy gets up, gets his mat, and walks. Oh, that is awesome! (laughs) The fact that God can morally forgive us our sins, he gets that authority. Romans chapter 10, verses 9 through 10 says this, because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with... The heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. Romans 6.10 says this, For the death he died, he died to sin once for all, but the life he lives, he lives to God. Christ died on the cross once and for all, for all our sins. Your past, your present, and your future sins. Every sin that you've ever committed or will ever commit, Christ died on the cross for those And if we do what I read, the first verse in Romans 10, 
9 and 10, and we believe in our heart, we confess with our mouth, we will be saved. And we are forgiven of our sins, and they're no longer held against us. Yet we still walk around feeling like this, don't we? Gross and mucky and gnarly. Not very fun. Well, let's move past God's forgiveness because I think I've established it pretty well that God has forgiven and he will forgive you and he, he has. If you haven't asked, he will. But this, have you forgiven others who have hurt you? Have you forgiven others that have hurt you? The person that's hurt you the most, have you forgiven them? Some of us, it's been a parent, it's been a relative, it may be our spouse, the person that made a vow to us to love us and cherish us until the day we die, and yet they've caused the most hurt and pain in our life that we have ever felt. Whew, Scott, thanks. Your first part of the message was awesome. Not sure how I feel about this part. This is good stuff. But if Jesus has forgiven us our sins and given us the ministry of reconciliation, then we are to forgive others just the same. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 18 and 19 says this, all this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Christ bridged that gap between us and God and has given us that message of reconciliation. He reconciled us to God. We are now to help demonstrate that by reconciling and giving people and showing what that reconciliation means. Romans 12, 17 and 18 says, repay no evil, no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Live peaceably with all. I mean, have I forgiven those that have hurt me the most? Have you forgiven those that have hurt you the most? I'd love to sit up here and tell you that it is an easy, hey, forgive, and it is forgiven, and woohoo, we go on with life. It is not like that. At least it hasn't been like that in my life. It is a process sometimes. It is a process. There's some that are easy, right? Some that are super easy, like, hey, I forgot to call you and I said I was gonna call you. Oh, cool, no worries, forgiven. There's others, not so easy. Some hurt and pain, the deepest ones that I felt is from my mom, probably. The hurt and pain that I experienced from that relationship has stuck with me, and it's a process to let go of those things. I mean, have you, you've made your inventory list, you should have on that inventory list, anybody that you have hurt or has hurt you should be on your forgive list. Who you need to forgive. People who have hurt you. And people you need to offer forgiveness to. Right there. 
pretty good. We'll make amends later. We'll get to that later. Sometimes we have misplaced anger because we're ticked off at God. We blame God for things. 1 Peter 5.10 says this, And the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. God will make you strong, firm, and steadfast. But Scott, what about the sexual abuse? What about the physical abuse? What about that emotional abuse that I've suffered? You don't know what's happened to me. You're right, I don't. And there's probably some gnarly stuff that's happened to you. So the only thing I can do is lean upon the word of God in Colossians 3.12. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. In Matthew chapter six, it gives the Lord's prayer. And at the end of the Lord's prayer in verse 14, this is what it says. And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them so that your Father in heaven may forgive you your sins. And I just don't say that to manipulate, but I share that with you to show you the seriousness of how God holds forgiveness and the weight of what that means in our life. And I know there's a lot of questions because I hear them in my own head, but we're gonna get to that in a minute. Get to this next part, which is about have you forgiven yourself? Some of us can't move on because we still haven't forgiven ourselves for what we've done. I mean, how could I do that? How could I do that? So let God help you. Isaiah 118, come now. Let us reason together. Let uh, together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall become like wool. If God can forgive me, how can I withhold forgiveness from myself? If God can forgive you, who are you to hold forgiveness and not allow it to be a part of your life? If I can't forgive somebody else, then the forgiveness I offer other people is a waste. It's superficial. It's not about assigning blame or letting yourself off the hook or letting somebody else off the hook. That's not what it's about. It's about the fact that we are acknowledging that we're human and we're giving ourselves the respect to, for this forgiveness. Scripture talks a lot about forgiveness. Talks about the hurt and pain that's happened to us. It doesn't ever tell us how to forgive. 
I've never, never read a scripture that says, hey, forgive this way. This is how you forgive. It just simply says, forgive. <laughs> what does that mean? Because I don't know. So I will share a few things that I have found helpful for me. <sighs> Gotta move. Um, is this, how to forgive. First of all, forgiveness is not condoning or accepting or simply saying that what somebody did to you is okay or what you've done is okay. It's not saying that everything's all right. It's the first thing. Second thing is this. It's letting go of the right to have that revenge, that vengeance, to have that revenge. It's letting go of that right. For me, the case is the right to be right. I was in a year-long battle with something that I felt like I had to be right to be right. And I'm going to stand my ground. And it took two accountability partners, even though my wife had already told me 12 times, took two accountability partners to smack me in the head and go, what are you doing? But once I realized it, once they shared it with me, and I went through these steps, that resentment went away. I see the guy, and I'm like, what's up? Nothing. Just like no like, you know, the check and spirit that you get when you don't like that person. I don't get that. Third thing is this. It's forgiveness is just simply removing the emotion from the memory. A lot of times we hear you got to forgive and, and, and forget. Are you really ever going to forget that abuse that you, that you had? No. It's not about forgetting. It's simply about removing the emotion from the memory and no longer holding it against that person. It's basically being kind and not throwing that situation, that issue back up in their face. And marriages, this is really hard because there's been a lot of hurt and pain. There's been a lot of things and we get in an argument and our first thing is you hurt me, oh I know what's gonna hurt you and we know that button, we know that phrase and zing, we let it fly baby. And then we go, got him! And then we're like, yeah! We can't be throwing those things up if we've truly forgiven. And then we pray for him. And for me, this is what happens when I pray. I simply come to a place where I say, hey, I'm gonna pray. These are the ones that stick around that I can't forgive. I get that name. And I simply pray for them. Just one prayer at a time. Letting God start to do the work. Let God start doing the work that he has to do. So that eventually, all that feeling, all that resentment, all that stuff, can simply go away, can simply be removed from my life, and I can walk free and live peaceably with myself and everybody else. Because isn't that what God calls us to do? He does. And so I pray, and I pray blessings into their life, not, hey, Lord, please hit them with a car. I used to pray for that for Joe Montana, because I hate the Niners, used to pray he'd break his leg every Sunday. Never happened. But it's not praying that. We're praying blessings into their life. Lord, pour your favor out upon them. May they have a great day. Do, 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 do. And what God starts to do, he starts to transform our hearts and he starts to transform our mind and he lets that resentment melt away and disappear. 
that muck and that mire leaves. Because I have to realize that I'm not perfect. And so when I fail and I hold on to that resentment, when I deal with that pain and I'm still holding on, I have to get up and just get back down on my knees and pray again. Try, try again. When you forgive, you don't change the past, but you certainly do change your future. Let me uh, close with prayer and then we'll close with the serenity of prayer. Lord, thank you. I pray for those that are sitting in this room right now that are hurting, that are struggling, that have hurt and pain in their life and they did not like this topic. I get it. We just help them with that hurt and pain that they're holding on to, that they would learn how to accept your forgiveness, forgive others and forgive themselves. They would learn how to let these things go and let you be in charge, to realize that they are not responsible for any outcome of these things, but that you are. And so then maybe they surrender them to you. Will you help them in this situation, whether it be in their marriage or whether it be with uh, an abuser in their life or whatever it may be. Will you help them? In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Will you guys stand and we'll close with the serenity prayer? God, Grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardship as a pathway to peace, taking as Jesus did this sinful world as it is, not as I would have it, trusting that you'll make all things right if I surrender to your will so that I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with you forever in the next. Amen. Amen. First time guest right across the hallway. Oh, here's the focus question. Why is forgiveness so important? And how do you forgive someone who is not sorry? Mmm, good one. First time guest across the hallway. Second time guest right up front. Love you guys. See you after group.